Welcome to Mysterious Goings On, the podcast about creativity, writing, and mystery. Every week, we talk about all kinds of great fiction and meet the people who write it. We also feature explorations about creativity in all walks of life. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will join you right after this. Hey, it's Jamie Green. Kansas City is known for lots of things. Barbecue, jazz, fountains. But did you know it's also home to some crazy murders? It's true. Join me and my co-host, Alex Greenwood, as we make a killer cocktail and then delve into the strange and odd historical murders here in the heart of America. The Going to Killing City podcast debuts on May 1st, 2023, wherever you get your podcast. You know, it's a, a great byproduct, if you will. And it, gosh, byproduct sounds like something they used to say about dog food commercials, doesn't it? Full of uh, meat byproducts. But no, it's a good byproduct, though, when you do this show, as long as I've done it, when you meet great writers. Like, uh, well, I'll just do some name dropping. G.P. Gottlieb, who had such a blast on the show. She's like, ah, you've got to meet some people. And she's hooked me up with somebody today who I'm really excited to meet. Her name's Anne Louise Bannon. And her husband says that his wife kills people for a living well bannon does mostly write mysteries including the old los angeles series the freddie and kathy series and the operation quickline series she's worked as a freelance journalist for magazines and newspapers including the los angeles times you may have heard of that one she and her <laughs> husband michael holland created the oddballgrape.com wine education blog drink that one in and she co-wrote a book on poisons See, I like how she groups things. Her latest novel <laughs> is book four in the old Los Angeles series, Death of an Heiress. She and her husband live in Southern California with an assortment of critters. Well, let's get on with things. Let's talk about <laughs> murder and poison and other wholesome stuff. Uh, welcome <laughs> so very much to the show, Anne Louise Bannon. Well, thank you, Alex. I am thrilled to be here. This is going to be a blast. Um <laughs> Yeah, my husband's a little crazy, but then he married me, so it has to be. <laughs> now, I, I did some snooping on you. Not stalking, there's a difference. And Yes, um, I know. <laughs> I, you wrote your first book at age 15. Yep. All right. Yeah, I can't let it go. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, first off, it, uh, that was, uh, it was horrible. <laughs> but imagine a moody, you know, daydreamy teenager and uh who wanted to spend all her time laying around daydreaming and couldn't quite get away with doing it that way so i wrote it i wrote uh, a novelization of the story of cinderella which taught me a lot about how to build a plot mm -hmm. and how to build characters but uh thank god i've learned <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was pretty it, it's pretty dreary i i still found, i i recently found the original manuscript i was just like in a shock i still have it it's out in the garage somewhere now and hopefully in a place where the rats won't get it but <laughs> we have well, you did critters, speak of critters but... you spoke of critters so you know but uh, yeah those are not no, the critters we... you probably like i, I would assume the, the, those are not the critters we intentionally feed no right, uh, right. no right now we have a dog three cats dog three cats and a uh, Four chickens. Oh my goodness! Do you do you get fresh eggs? 
Uh, not yet. There's still chicks, and oh. my husband gets there. His chickens. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> filthy creatures. Filthy. Yeah. Uh, yes. My grandparents had chickens when I was growing up, and we we'd love to reach in and try to get the eggs, but we would often get our little little hands packed. It was it was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah no. I, that I can sort of understand because you know it's like you're taking their children, but right. But uh, usually, children. Yes, they are. But I prefer my chicken on little styrofoam trays too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you, fifteen. You wrote your your first book, and it's it's it is fun to to dig up those artifacts. As uh, I've done the same, I've moved house about four or five years ago and found a oh. lot of stuff. Uh, tempted to put some of it in the shredder, but I went ahead and didn't. I don't know why. Um, put it in a box. I, I I don't know. I'm having a hard time with that. As I get older and I know I'm about mm, eight to 10 years away from seriously downsizing when I look at retirement, I'm thinking, do I keep that stuff? Who wants it? My daughter doesn't. What do you think yeah. of that stuff? Um, I keep it. Um, it keeps. I'm I'm not a, a hoarder per se, I, uh, but I do keep a lot of stuff. Uh, stuff from when I was in high school, that's kind of an interesting thing to me. Uh, I, I, and later and going through college and things. And I also have to keep in mind, my husband's an archivist. Okay. So that's, you know, records management, saving stuff, what to save. That's kind of his bailiwick. And so we talk about that periodically and yeah, my original manuscripts, I hang on to, I, I, they're, they're that important to me. So I, I do that. Okay. Let me ask you this then. Um, uh, my series, I've got about eight books in my series and I have some of the original, you know, markups and all that, but now I'm getting away from printing them out. I use uh, like a PDF markup system. So I uh-huh. technically have them all, but I got to say, I wonder, maybe I shouldn't go back to printing them out and, and hand marking them anyway. Thoughts? A little of both. I mean, a lot of it for me, uh, I'm not, I haven't printed anything out in years. Uh, I just go over it, over it, over it, over it. I, you know, Microsoft Word has a really good comment uh, facility, which I probably should use more of and don't. But uh, uh, so does Scrivener, by the way, Uh, has good ways to take notes. So they're both good for markup. Uh, But as far as keeping them, well, it depends. I mean, if you've got good cloud storage, uh, you know, it's, it's locks. Lots of copies kept separately. So do the download on your hard drive, which reminds me, I forgot to do it this month. (laughs) But yeah, get your stuff uh, downloaded onto a hard drive uh, that you don't keep hooked up to your computer so that if the virus comes and it infects some of of your cloud drive uh, files, you're not screwed. Uh, You keep uh, stuff on the cloud. Uh, there are people who question whether or not that's that secure. I think it's 90% secure. You can harden it off. And, you know, uh, I'm kind of a, I'm into the whole, that kind of geeky thing. It's one of the reasons I wrote a tech thriller, which is coming out soon. But um, yeah, it's, it, keep it, hang on to it. It's, it's uh, uh, digital copies aren't, uh, records aren't as hard to keep because, but they do take up space. They just don't take up as much space. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to print out a copy, print out a copy. Scanning technology is pretty good, too. 
That's true. That's a great point. That's a great point. You mentioned your tech thriller. Now, um, you, you've got a, a large volume of work. And one thing I've been impressed about is you you do jump around a little bit within the genre. Tell us just a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, you start wherever you'd like. Talk, talk about your work a little bit here and what, what I mean by jumping around, because it's, it's, it, it's cozy this and tech that, and that's unusual. It is unusual. <laughs> well, uh, I am the ADHD poster child. Let's put it that way. Uh, no, I, I really am. And I, I finally I came to the conclusion that trying to focus on any one thing, uh, honey, 60 odd years, been trying this, ain't happening. <laughs> it's just not. All right, we're going to make it a selling point. So <laughs> I went with that. And um, I don't read only one type of mystery. Why would I write only one type of mystery? I don't read only one type of book. Why would I write? You know, I mean, I'm working on a uh, the 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 final trilogy of a, uh, a final book in the tri uh, a trilogy time travel trilogy right now mm. which is a lot of fun um but it's just this is who i am i'm eclectic yeah. i get out there i do things and so um that's why i wrote a cozy spy novel that's why i wrote a space opera which will never see the light of day at this point <laughs> it was bad um <laughs> But that's also why I write traditional historical fiction, because I love traditional historical fiction. Uh, well, I mean, historical mysteries. That's one of the reasons why Death of an Heiress, I mean, that's L.A. history. Yeah. And given that my husband is not only an archivist, he is the, the archivist for the city of Los Angeles with all the city records and everything. Hey, I got an easy hit on the, on the docks, baby. It's fun. So, you know. I get yeah. to look at the actual council minutes, but so can oh, anybody else. I mean, and that's and that's the thing too is is, and I'm sure your readers appreciate that the the, the literally the, the verisimilitude you can provide to those things. You know, oh, you can yeah. dip into that. Uh, my first book uh, was based on a real life murder suicide on a college campus. I have all the depositions. I literally wow. have sentences said by the characters that were taken from depositions um, cool. I, I, I look. I did the work. I went and found them, so I figured I'm going to use them, and they've been gone for. 75 years so i don't think they mind um but uh, yeah it, that helps <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah i gotta be careful with that but yeah um but you said something a minute ago cozy did you say cozy spy mystery yes i did okay i didn't now? realize that was writing what i was writing when i did it but uh i wrote a series of novels in the 1980s called the operation quickline series featuring uh, lisa witcherly and sid hackburn and um it turned out to be as much romance as it was spy novel. And it's more, it's as much about the characters as it is all the stuff they're getting into. And uh, in fact, the espionage thing was more about, I was exploring how can people with two very, very different value systems get along and work yeah. together. And at the time I was hanging with a bunch of fundamentalist Christians. Um, I'm not. Uh, kind of figured out that wasn't going to work for me, but uh, but I am a I, I'm a fairly religious person, and um, so Lisa is a woman of faith, and she has very solid solid, not strict. She's not strict, but she has solid values, and she gets recruited by this guy who is randier than a British royal, Sid, <laughs> who, and uh, you know they get in they end up working together she ends up living at his house because he has to keep an eye on her he has you know because he's recruiting her into the thing now she doesn't sleep with him well not a, not for a while it takes a few books 
<laughs> and then you know that they're they're they both change. They really do change and and come together a bit. And then I continue the relationship because the damn them they wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know the feeling. Yeah, you know that's funny uh, about cozy too. Is that Galit and I talked about that when she was on the show. Yeah, and uh, she said, you know, and I hadn't really thought about it, but things like sex, lovemaking, are kept at a very low 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 simmer there they're not explicit in cozy stuff no. right right but that you know and i'm glad they're not because quite frankly i'm going to say this in a very filthy way Ooh, all right but look guys after a certain point it gets boring there are only so many ways the tab can go into the slot okay <laughs> or maybe the tab on the tab i don't know but it's just you know it's that it, it really isn't that interesting to me. Yeah. You know? I mean, I like sex, don't get me wrong, but you yeah. know, I I don't want to read it. I mean, it, you know, it's it's like I was reading in one series and I'm not gonna say who because I like her otherwise. But you know, after a certain point you realize, okay, here's the sex scene. Yeah, here we do it again. All right, got it. You know, and it just it became the most pouring part of the book. It's <laughs> It's not fun. I don't know. For me, I've written the scenes. Uh, my books are not cozy by any means, but I've written the scenes. Uh, I kind of enjoyed it the first couple of times I wrote it. And then you're right. By the time I got to this later books, it's like, here's the obligatory screwing. And I'm, I'm just like, can we just say they did and go on now? <laughs> Sometimes it's sexier not to, quite frankly. Truth. Truth. Because let's face it, your mind is the most... The, the most important of your sex organs, to be honest. Yeah, it's true. It is true. And so I think it's ultimately sexier to just kind of pull the curtain, you know. And uh, yeah. when Sid and Lisa get it on in the back of a Rolls Royce uh, in the next book, she's not going to talk about the fact that, you know, they were actually, you know, describe it in any depth. She's just going to say, Sid got an idea. And they have curtains and have to change clothes anyway. So yeah, there you go. There you go. There you I, go. Think I, I think that works. So so is is that is that the series? Is that the thriller that's coming up? No, 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 no. This is actually what's coming. All right. Uh in early May, I begin from this day forward, which is book 10 in the Quick Line series. Oh and goodness. I do that, I publish those as they're basically blog fodder. And I publish them serially on my blog. Okay. Uh, and so that one's going to start from this day forward, as you may guess, is the wedding. And they end up in um, England. That's just how they end up in the back of the Rolls Royce. But that, and yeah, they're on their honeymoon. So obviously they're engaging in <clears throat> having fun. <laughs> yeah, Making, put, putting tabs in, in certain slots. Perhaps. Yeah, that's it. And uh, okay. having a very good time doing it and making a lot of noise doing it because Ooh. it makes it get noisy. Well, like I said, she moves into his, uh, embraces his love of sex. Right, right. Well, that's good. So, yeah. You know, and well, he has learned to settle down and be faithful. <laughs> so, see, everybody's happy now. You know, everybody, it is. everybody got something. So, so you, you, you talk the, about this blog uh, fodder though this so the 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 thing that fascinates me too is that you've been serializing stories for a long time oh yeah yeah you know and um you know i've 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 done a little bit that with kindle vela to to mix success 
What do you have you tried the platform? What do you think of it? Uh, well, to be honest, because most of my stuff that was available to be put into that format was already out. Oh. I couldn't do Pella. And quite frankly, um, how do I say this? <laughs> <laughs> I have issues with our friends at Amazon. And um, I, you know, I, it, it, yeah, I was thinking about it. I thought, like, you know, this is just going to be another thing I have to promote. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I've got enough. I've got enough going on. I'll I'll just stick with my blogs. And uh, I do have one book that I might be able to use, but I'm a little leery because it is a little on the graphic side in terms of the violence and the sex. So I did stretch myself. Oh, but it is it's a fantasy anyway, which would probably do rather well on uh, Vela. It's just getting the time to get it together. I would say that I would say that you've got a good point. There is is that um, two things that, in my experience, with there one, it seems like the fantasy stuff does really well there, mm-hmm. really well. It's just from my observation, and I put I put uh, some horror, and uh, I went ahead for fun and did a kind of a Christmas special um, mm-hmm. for my my mystery series on there. And here's the thing, my readers absolutely hate the platform. Because mm. it's very difficult to apparently to figure out. Um, it's called Kindle Vela, but you can't read it on your Kindle. Yeah, I know. And it, it, and and marketing it. Oh my God! Because you have to spend all your marketing time explaining to readers how to access it and what do tokens mean and all this stuff. And I'm with you. I I, I just I've done it three times, and I'm probably going to eventually pull that content off of there and put it elsewhere where I can actually I don't know make some money on it. It's funny though. I did actually make a little money because. I yeah. got thrown into the bonus pot, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, did it well enough to get, and I'm not talking thousands of dollars or anything, but it was kind of re- refreshing and nice to actually make a little money off something like that. But I'm with you. I just, I, I'm not crazy about it either. I wish they would, uh, um, mm-hmm. they did a survey and I was pretty blunt with them about, you know, you gotta, you gotta open this up and figure out a way to put this on people's Kindles because this, this is just silly. Yeah, it, it is so frustrating. Well, it was meant for pe- young people to read on their phones, you know? Right, right. And I just said, why? You know, I can, you can go to my website and do the same damn thing. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. And most of my readers aren't going to be that young anyway, because nobody has uh, nobody who's young has time to read. They don't have it's 100 percent. I mean, I, I a for a for effort and trying to do something different. And, and, and I'll, I, but I will not be shocked if, if we just read one day that they're either shutting it down or, or changing it drastically. And that's fine. Whatever. But whatever yeah, people love it. That, that's great. Well, let's let's talk about the tech thriller that's coming up in, oh, in June. Good. Let's yes. talk about that. Let's let's get to it. I want to hear all about it. All right. It's called Running Away to Boston. It does not take place in Boston, <laughs> but it's it's actually Boston is a metaphor, and the character Jenny Miller, uh, she her, uh, her mother disappeared in, during a tornado, and uh, for reasons that you will see once you read the prologue, she didn't actually abandon the daughter. She thought the kid was dead hmm. because it was pretty nasty and everything. So, but. Uh, of course, Janny doesn't know that because what her mother has, why, why her mother has left is uh, her Janny's exceedingly abusive father, who is pretty good at finding her. And so she is, so mom had to stay hidden, can't, uh, has to stay away from the kid because the father is trying to make sure, stay on top of her. Well, in the meantime, Janny grows up, gets very tech oriented and uh, finds people for a living. And, uh, Find, find found people enough people that she can 
you know, worked for the FBI periodically, and her ex-boyfriend, Brent Mickelson, uh, uh, hires her to find Tanya Coleman, who has a person of interest in a really scary murder of a kid at a taco truck. And it turns out that she worked at this corporation that is up to no good, basically. Never mind what they say. They are the place you go to to get viruses written. Now, they say they emulate them. No, they don't. (laughs) They're writing the nasty stuff. And they're hiring kids that they shouldn't be hiring to do it and then holding them hostage, which is really nasty. So, uh there's an there's a group that is trying to bring them down turns out uh, the young uh, uh, tanya is involved in the group and uh in the process of trying to find tanya her mom shows up saying you've got to stop looking for her she needs to stay in hiding and uh so there is it's a mother daughter story a reunion and it's also Jenny ends up going with her mom to help bring down this uh, corporation that is not only uh, uh, up to no good, they are going to bring down the American economy with a nasty virus. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So, and, I, I, and it's an interesting man in the middle attack, basically, where I'm uh, uh, attacking. It, it initially attacks, uh, what do you call them, uh, point of sale devices. And yeah, really fun place. I have a friend who works on him says, that's impossible. I'm going, honey, there's always a way in. There's always a way. And that's the tagline. There's always a way in. And there is always a way in. You can hack a bank. It's just really difficult. Yeah. (laughs) And usually not worth the effort when you can human engineer your way into the system. Right. Which is, you know, tricking. Do you know what human engineering is? It's one of those words they throw. In web security, they throw it around. It's basically tricking people into giving you your pa- giving them your, your passwords. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's is that the same? Is that the same thing? You're, it's basically just yeah. It's it's you're not hacking anybody but the person. You're just asking, like a like, oh, you've got to give me this password so I can double check your security or, or is yeah, that an example of it, it or yeah. That's basically it. It's it's what are also called phishing attacks because phishing, they send yeah. out. Tons and tons and tons of these mails. And, you know, even if only like 0.01% respond, if you've got millions of them going out, 0.01% is still 100,000. So I think. Yeah. I, had, <laughs> I, I have a dear friend who, uh, and uh, I, I'm not going to mention his name. He'd be PO'd if I did. But uh, this was very recently. Something similar happened. He got a call from the, the local utility company mm-hmm. saying, uh, and he was, let's just say he did a business that served a lot of clients. And and they and they said, we we're going to contact one of your client or we're at one of your clients locations and we're getting ready to, to shut off their their power and take the meter away because we told you to buy the special meter he's like i don't know anything about that you can't shut their power off they'll, they'll this this or this will happen you, you know and he got all worked up because it was a client it wasn't himself yeah long story short they got they got him to go to a 7-eleven and buy a 500 dollars gift card and then scratch it off and read it to him over the phone and oh, and he, and he told me this now you gotta understand this is a guy who uh all i'm gonna say is he's worked on behalf of clients with the irs his whole career um and he said to me i can't believe i was that stupid he says that what happened to me why did i fall for that i said you were very stressed about your client you were worried yeah. but yeah you should have taken a minute and went 
no utility is going to have me go buy a gift card, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's but, is that, is that an that's, example of what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. That's, uh, you know, those, those kinds of scams are all over the place. And they, there's, a, you know, there's some fear that uh, artificial intelligence is going to start, uh, you know, these, uh, I was reading uh, the other day about virtual kidnappings where they use uh, artificial intelligence pictures and uh, 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 artificially in, uh, done voices yeah. to make you think you're some, a loved one of yours. Yeah, you say, mom, it's, help me, right? Or something right. like that and, on the phone. And they don't need that much of your kid's voice or, uh, you know, to do that. And uh, I think this last, the one I read about, they had been, the, <clears throat> the uh, uh the one i read about had been a uh, uh they they gotten them they they got the kidnappers or they knew she she figured out it was a scam but it was terrifying especially since she knew her kid was out of town Ooh. oh it was terrifying and it was, and it was an adult child but still you know you're you, that's just i don't even want to think about somebody calling me that way and and but she figured it out that's the good news. And if you know it's out there, you're not going to. But yeah, it's it, that was the whole point. Of, that was one of the things that got me thinking about this. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's always a way in. You can always, yeah. you know, they, they, they can get things. You have to harden things off. I highly recommend using biometrics. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because yeah, if it, Hollywood has taught us anything, yeah, it can be broken into. But look, we're not walking around with nuclear codes, okay? We're right. not worth it. We're not. It's expensive. They have to be close to you. You have to get the fingerprint. You have to get the face, whatever. We're not worth it. <laughs> Probably. Right. Probably. So, yeah. yeah. Do the facial recognition. It's a good thing. I love that. And uh, th that's what I think is going to be interesting, too, about reading your your work is that, you know, you're, it's current. And I, I'm just, I find myself on the edge of my seat thinking about the possibilities of where you might go with stuff like that, you know, with your characters and with your stories. Uh-huh. Well, I've got one other potential story I might do in this series. Um, one of the guys who vetted it, I have some friends who are, um, yeah, he was doing, um, I'm not sure what he's doing nowadays, but he was doing, uh, running the IT for the physics department at Caltech. I've got another, one of the other guys works at JPL, Jet Propulsion Labs. <laughs> you know the Mars rover. Those guys. In fact, he flew a drone on Mars. Um, you mean he's a literal rocket scientist? He is a literal. Well, it's not. He's actually a yeah. But uh, yeah, and another guy who's been writing Unix code since you know the the early sixties. You know, this, these guys have been around and they know computers and they know web safety and they just oh they had they, we had all kinds of fun. And they read it and vetted everything for me. So I know the tech is accurate. Well, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Oh, I am looking fun. forward to that. Well, yeah. It, it, again, we talked about this early in our conversation, the, the verisimilitude. Mm -hmm. you, you want that. And I know that readers, particularly readers who will go to the trouble of getting something and reading it online or something, they they want that currency. And when I say currency, I don't mean cash. I mean the currency of, a, of an issue. And that's a fantastic way, to, I think, to hang on to readers. Do you, do you agree? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I still like writing historicals. I love reading historicals. I like, you know, getting that sense, like with Death of an Heiress, there is that, you know, Maddie's dealing with the measles all the time in this Pueblo, in the Pueblo of Los Angeles. There really was 
a measles outbreak in the Pueblo at the time. There's this little notebook saying, oh, yeah, everybody's at all the kids are out of school uh, because of the measles. Thankfully, few have died. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was a deadly. Yeah. It still is a deadly disease. You get Absolutely. pneumonia. You get all sorts of nasty things with it. So I had a lot of uh, I wanted to say, yeah, I had fun. <laughs> It's okay to say. I mean, you know, I had fun with a murder suicide. That's a terrible thing to say, but I did. I had fun with it. Yeah, you know, I had a lot of fun with it. You know, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was writing <clears throat> book three in the uh, old Los Angeles series, and my husband comes home from work one day. He says, "Hi, honey, how are you doing? Well, how was your day? I killed our donors today. It was a sympathetic death, and I wiped out a whole family from cholera." <laughs> he's just like, "Oh God." Did you say it was a sympathetic death? It was. He was trying to help Maddie. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, listen, I, I know we're almost out of time. I can't believe it's already gone this fast. But I got to ask you a question. You're obviously very good in front of people. And I know you give talks. And I love you have a, that. And like myself, you have a theater background. You have a degree in theater. Mm -hmm. um, I am moderating a six author panel at the St. Louis Public Library at the end of next month. And uh, I need some advice from you. Okay. Everybody's going to be doing a reading. Okay. That's fine. A little three, three to five minute reading. No, keep it three. Th thank you. I was going to say, I, the don't shorter, the let better. them go longer because most authors don't read very well. <laughs> you just, you just, you just did it. Okay. This is what I was going to say. Okay. Because I don't know. I know one of the authors. Okay. I've, and he's a, he's a big ham hawk like me. He'll be fine. I don't know the others, but you are saying basically, Alex, err on the side of they're probably not going to be a great reader. And the, the lineup... side, people will love it if they, you know, leave them wanting more. That's the big, you know, if it, and, you know, keeping in mind that you'll possibly be dealing with some egos in that respect. Gee, egos. But really? uh, yeah, just say, hey, no, we want to leave the audience wanting more. That, whole thing <clears throat> and also keep in mind i'm also a journalist so really you're basically doing an interview but you're doing like a conversation like right. we've done here and so when i'm moderating i do put i do uh lob a few softball questions ahead of time but i'll be moderating a panel in uh uh in, in at the brentwood library on on uh, uh saturday so i'm prepping for that now but it's just Lob a few uh, softballs at them, but again, it's it's you know letting people talk, yeah. and not letting one of them take over, which is oh. always a challenge. Um, I, I was on a panel one, or I was doing a panel once, and you know, like this woman was obviously like umpty bajillion years old. I felt terrible. Because, you know, here I am, here's this nice old lady, and she's droning on and on and on. I had to finally jump in and cut her off, but I didn't, you know, on one hand, it needed to be done. On the other hand, do I really want to be mean to a nice little old lady? <laughs> All right, we, but we got it. And she will, you know, and uh, so I gave her a second question. says, what about this? Get her two words in. Thanks a lot. Bye. You, you do have to, you know, and I'm a former journalist as well, so I, I'm with you, and I've, I mean, I've obviously done the show forever, but the thing about it was me, the readings, as a, as a, as a, just a patron who would be at a, otherwise, if I wasn't going to be on stage, I don't really want to hear a lot of readings anyway, but they've already, they've already done it, it's not my, my call, I find readings to be so, can really border on the tedious if we're not careful, so I do love the three minutes, 
I'm going to really yeah. lean on that with people. Lean on that one because, uh, you know, unless you've got a two hour panel, you don't really have time anyway. Yeah. And we want to have time for people to ask their questions. And um, it was just another thought I had just a second ago. And I, oh, well, fleeting. fleeting the, but, uh, like, like glory, thoughts are fleeting. I, I know they are for me at my age. That happens to me quite a lot. Yeah. The, um, the, the the mental train jumps the track. Uh, the train of thought jumps the track far too often these days. It's really kind of you sad. know uh, <laughs> with Anne Louise Bannon, it's all about the stories. And if you want to get into her stories, there's a really great one-stop shop. It's AnneLouiseBannon.com. That's A W N E L O U I S E B A N O N dot com. Guess what? I can't sing, so I won't, but it's going to be over at mgopod.com. We're going to have all our show notes there. Don't get off the treadmill. Don't pull over the car in traffic. It'll all be there. Look in your show notes or go to mgopod.com. And Louise Bannon, I've had a blast. Tell me, if you would, please just remind everybody the name of the series and where they can find it. There are two series, well, several series, but uh, you can the old Los Angeles series uh, on pretty much any retailer you want. Uh, support your local, uh, local bookshop. Uh, you can do that at bookshop.org. Uh, there's the uh, Operation Quickline, Cozy Spy Novel series, same thing, and with book uh, nine just out. And then uh, uh, there is the thriller coming out, uh, Running Away to Boston, and that's coming out on June 20th. I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> I know a lot of us uh, who are listening today are going to feel the same way. And Louise Bannon, it has been a treat. Hey, listen, you know where to find us and we know where to find you. Come back sometime soon. I want to hear about what's going on with you and your career and your books and, and oh, life in happy. general, if you would. Anytime you want me, I'm there. I'm ham bone too. <laughs> <laughs> Have you lost your belief in finding a really good mystery thriller? Well, trust me, you've got to have faith. Pilot's faith. Kirkus Review says of the book that Greenwood pulls many tricks from his writer satchel, has a quirkiness and energy, and snappy, snarky dialogue that keeps things moving briskly. A well-handled mystery with the appropriate twist at the end. Midwest Book Review says newcomers to Pilot will find no barriers to quick immersion in his personality and situation, while prior series readers immediately become involved in another conundrum which tests his skills and the ways in which others view him in his world. Surviving a recent attempt on his life, a weary John Pilot returns to Cross Township, where a bizarre string of shootings has paralyzed the tiny college burg. Pilot joins forces with the law to find out why people are being terrorized in his name and stop it. Unfortunately, when he turns to his family for support, he finds only hardened hearts. People are dying, accusing fingers are being pointed his way, and he has nowhere left to turn. Everything John Pilot believes in, family, sanity, and even himself, are shaken to the core in Pilot's faith. Online Book Club says, It's a gripping and fun story that kept me hooked. Greenwood's writing style is dynamic, and the book reads like a movie script. You can get John Pilot series number eight, Pilot's Faith, exclusively in paperback and ebook on Amazon.com. And remember, in the end, it all comes down to faith. Pilot's Faith. A Caroline Street Press book by J. Alexander Greenwood. Thanks for joining us on Mysterious Goings-On. Be sure to follow Mysterious Goings-On wherever you get your podcast and never miss an episode. 
don't forget, you can get the links to books and other things mentioned on the show at mgopod.com. Until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.